The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Orange is the New Black, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. My co-host, Zim, is currently still in London right now, so I am flying solo. That's right, solo for this performance, and we're going to talk about it. I wanted to wait till Zim got back, but I think I'm going to give you guys what you want to hear. Zim will be back. More than likely, we will probably go ahead and record that one on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk about it. Cincinnati Bengals are now 0-8. What do you ask yourself heading into a bye about a team that's 0-8, a team that only scored 10 points, a team that shows some glimmer of hope and then – it basically falls apart, whether that's on offense or defense. Not much to say. Uh, Looking at the box score, right, you probably think that this was a blowout, right? It wasn't necessarily a blowout. The game at one point was 10-10, to and to me, it was just two uneven halves of football, which has become the story for this team. Cooper Cup had a field day, people. Seven receptions, 220 yards, a touchdown. Josh Reynolds, three receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods didn't do much. Two receptions for 36 yards. Brandon Cooks left the game early with an injury. Ty Gurley didn't do much on the ground, had about 44 yards, uh, along with the other running back that they had over there, uh, Daryl Henderson. But they did average 4.4 and 4.5 yards per carry. This team, not much really to say about this team, man. Andy Dalton threw for 50, he threw 52 times for 329 yards in the touchdown, right? That doesn't sound too bad. But if you actually paid attention and watched the actual game, you'd see that he missed several receivers. You'd see that the offense was stagnant. Uh, one play that comes to mind to me was a third and 10. 
The Bengals were down two scores at this point. There was plenty of time left. I think there was about 10 minutes left. He throws the ball away. He throws it out of bounds. And it seemed like Zach Taylor decided to go for it after that, but that right there was just a clear indication of what Andy Dalton is. And sometimes it's not about just what you do from a statistical standpoint. It's what kind of leader you are. Are you going to be a guy that's just going to throw, you know, a two-score game out of bounds? Like, that's not helping you. That's helping the Bengals inch closer to your replacement. It's tough to defend this guy. It's tough to to not rag on him. Uh, so let's continue. I'm not going to stay stuck on him. Uh, Joe Mixon, 17 carries, 66 yards, 3.9 average. And what sucks about that is that's probably one of his best games that he's had so far this year, unfortunately. Uh, also uh, caught a uh, touchdown, four receptions for 11 yards. Uh, Alex Erickson with a very quiet six receptions for 97 yards, uh, mostly on one long play. Tyler Eifert looked like he was being advertised as a potential trade piece, six receptions, 74 yards. Tyler Boyd, six receptions, 65 yards. Auden Tate, five receptions, 65 yards. I don't understand how you only scored 10 points with that. It makes no sense. makes absolutely no sense. Uh, yeah, there were plays where uh, it looked like Andy Dalton threw his second touchdown. It was pretty much a garbage time kind of score, but the ball hit the ground. It was overturned. The Bengals offense is bad, people. It's very bad. And, you know, to think that although the offensive line has had its share of injuries, although there's been a run on injuries, at uh, the wide receiver position, losing to A.J. Green, losing to John Ross. There is no way I can justify scoring 10 points in a professional football game. How is that possible? This game was 10-10, 10-17 at the half. It ends 24-10. The difference there is there's no point score. No points are being scored. And, you know, I get into it with, with guys in Facebook groups and stuff because, you know, Saturday happens and Chase Young, the Ohio State defensive end, gets four sacks, right? And the crazy thing to me is I hear all Bengals fans saying, take Chase Young. Chase Young is amazing. I'm not doubting that. Chase Young isn't helping this offense. And I just don't – that is the part that I don't get. It's so evident that the Bengals need a new signal caller under center. It's painfully obvious. Andy Dalton's going to be who he was. He's going to be who he is, whether that's with a good line, whether that's with a bad line. He's still Andy Dalton, right? The defense, when you talk about the defense, right, the defense does just enough to get things done. I saw them plenty of times in that game when they were down by two possessions where they held these guys to three and outs, gave the ball back to the offense. You know what we did? We punted it right back to them. Three and out, punt, three and out, punt. I'm so tired of seeing this week in and week out, and I'm so tired of hearing people, you know, get on this defense. That's been a defense that's been on the field majority of the time. Did they get sacks? No. No, they didn't. Uh, The Rams, who were – one of actually the worst offensive lines 
in the NFL. We're able to pretty much keep Jared Goff clean for the most part, majority of the game. You know why? Because one thing that they game plan for was for the decimated Bengals secondary. And when you don't have a Drake or Patrick, not saying that Drake or Patrick is amazing, but when you don't have him, you don't have Darquez Denard, and you got a guy by the name of Tony Cray starting, they're going to take advantage of that. And I hear a lot of people saying, hey, well, they could have, uh, you know, changed the game plan a little bit. There's nothing that's going to stop subpar nickel cornerbacks and slot cornerbacks and no linebackers. Uh, that's that's what they attack people this entire ta- this entire game on the defense. They attack our linebackers. I saw Jermaine Pratt. I saw a ball get thrown right over his head for a touchdown. Uh, you know, you talk about the flip flicker play. Look at the linebackers and what they did on that play. Absolutely nothing. B.W. Webb falls down. That's not his fault. He was in great position. And, uh, you know, the pass is completed. There's nobody there. The field is wide open. Majority of the catches that I saw Cooper Cup catch were right over the middle, right where the safeties were supposed to be. And that's why I talk about Sean Williams as well. Sean Williams is a great box safety. He's great at making tackles, not so great in coverage. That's his weak spot. They attack that. That's exactly what they attack. And when you look at this defense, man, like Chase Young, right, Chase Young's an amazing player. He's an amazing prospect. I get it. I get it, right? But when you look at the strength of this defense, whether you want to admit it or not, whether they have the sex or not, it's the defensive line. Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings, Ryan Glasgow you could throw in there. You talk about the Carl Lawson's and Sam Hubbard's. Sam Hubbard had a decent game just because they didn't get sacks. You know, they did get pressure. They just didn't end the plays. And that's connected to having trash linebackers that are blowing coverages and trash plays by Tony McCray where he's allowing the middle of the field to be wide open where as soon as that pressure comes, boom, you're hitting a guy right over the middle, 15-yard game. Defense line can't stop that, fellas. They're not. You throw Chase Young there, yeah, he's going to get you some more sacks, but is he going to get the offense more possessions? for them to just punt the ball back to him and jump back on the field and get gassed out. He's not Superman. But the defensive line, you talk about Carlos Dunlap, you talk about these guys lost, and they're the strength of the team. They're the strength of the defense. And you're talking about adding another guy's heir to your strength? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. 
V-A-N-29.com. You know, I hear a lot of people talking about best player available this and best player available that. Who is the best player available? I haven't seen him not rank the number one prospect on any draft board. So I don't know what Bengals fans are drinking, what Kool-Aid, what what hand might be up in their cup. But uh, when you check around, whether you like Alabama or not, okay, who is the number one player? The Miami Dolphins are not taken for, for Chase Young, right? They can use a pass rusher. You don't see them doing that. You know, I was in Miami before the season started taking my wife down uh, for a nice little summer vacation. And when I was there, I turned on the TV when I was in the hotel room, and it was like a fire sale. It was like the Dolphins were just not really worried about the draft. This is, And this was before the draft. They weren't really worried about the draft. They were concentrated on tanking. They wanted to get a quarterback. They've been tired of taking all of these players and, you know, having a revolving door at that position, they want a quarterback. And two is that guy. That's who they want. We're sitting here getting ready before the Dolphins and Steelers kick off tonight. And I'm going to be a big Dolphins fan tonight. I'll tell you that. You know why? Because, number one, this is actually a game that Miami might want to win because they have the Steelers' other uh, first-round draft pick. So that makes the pick for them, their second pick, higher. Uh, for us, it would be good to see the Steelers lose. That's always a plus. But not only that, it's one of the winnable games that they actually have. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely repping the tail tonight. Um, you know, the Bengals have a, a game lead. According to Tankathon, the Bengals right now have a two-game lead, but after tonight it will be a one-game lead. The Bengals going to their bye. Uh, we'll see what happens after that. But they need to get this get this lead on the Dolphins, and hopefully it happens tonight. But people aren't taking for Chase Young, people. Look around at the mock drafts. You see number one and number two, two and Joe Burrow. And I hear people talking about you can't just take a quarterback, just take a quarterback. This isn't a weak quarterback class, people. Just one of the best ones in the past four or five years, Okay. This is better than when it was Carson Wentz and Jake and, uh, and uh, Jared Goff. It's better than that. It's much better than that. Had somebody tell me and compare this to possibly one of the best quarterback drafts of all time because of how many good quarterbacks there are in there. You're talking about a Tua uh, Tagovailoa, however you say his name. You got a Joe Burrow. You got a Justin Herbert. You got a Jordan Love, who's another great prospect. You've got some people. You've got some people. you got some quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, some people consider it a top-heavy quarterback draft. So if your plan is to to take Chase Young and come back in the second round, you're not going to have great guys to pick from. You're not going to have a surefire guy that has to start over Andy Dalton. And that's my point. Like, you got to get a quarterback, man. You look at the PFS, you look at all of that, they all have two or number one. Overall, not just by as a quarterback, overall. And I'm going to hear guys talk about, well, he's an Alabama quarterback and this and that, and Alabama quarterbacks never do anything. So what? He's not. He's like the best Alabama quarterback ever already. And this is what, his second? His second, third year? 
think third year? Like, you can't sell me on A.J. McCarron didn't do anything. He was breaking Aaron, A.J. McCarron's records years ago. Like, this guy is this guy is the truth. When you look for a quarterback, there's one thing that that this guy has that Andy doesn't, Dalton doesn't, and that is attitude. When it's third and ten, are you throwing it away? Are you firing up your teammates on the sideline? Are you are you hiding? Are you you know? Do you sit down when you pee? Like no. Personality. Tua has heart, man. He's energetic. He's a winner. Andy Dalton was a winner in college, but he's a winner. He's really been in the field. He's really been to national championships and bought out. So when you talk about a guy that has personality, that has perseverance, you know, this is a kid that when he was uh, he was punished for throwing interceptions. He had to go and pray and, and get beatings from his dad for throwing interceptions, Right. This guy is right-handed, and his dad made him throw left. This is a guy that came into the national championship after halftime and came out a winner. And, yeah, people are going to talk about, but, look, he has all of this talent around him. Alabama's always had talent, man. They've always had talent. They've always had the Amari Coopers, the Julio Jones, the Mark Ingrams, the Trent Richardsons. They always had that, right? But when you ever seen A.J. McCarron throw for that many touchdowns, though? You haven't. You never saw that. You never saw that. This man numbers are crazy. And like when you really talk about it, I'm trying not to get off on too much of a tangent here, but when you really look at it, this man already has twenty seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Ninety five point six quarterback rate, one of the most efficient passers in college football. The most efficient passer, excuse me, in college football. He's first. You're passing on this guy? 43 touchdowns and six interceptions last year? You passing on this guy? You want to tell me that every one of those 43 touchdowns is just because of what's around him? No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Like, you cut on the film. Forget all of that. He plays at Alabama and all of that. You cut on the film. And, like, when I was doing my research on this guy and I heard Trent Dilfer say that he throws a ball like Aaron Rodgers. I had to pull up the film. When I heard the Steve Young's praising this guy, I had to pull up the film. Film don't lie, man. Film does not lie. When you watch that man throw the ball, it's something special. It's something special. Even Stevie Wonder can see that. It is truly something special. He can throw guys open. He's a mobile quarterback. The NFL now is a mobile quarterback league, people. Wake up. Being a guy that can just throw from the pocket, that's a dinosaur game now. You have to be able to move. You have to be able to improvise. And when all else fails, you have to be able to create on your own. And that's why you see guys like Deshaun Watson. That's why you see guys like Lamar Jackson. That's why you see guys like Russell Wilson taking the league by storm right now. And if you're not into that, Aaron Rodgers. Most of you guys will say he's the best quarterback in the league, right? Mobile quarterback. He can throw in all of that, but when the play breaks down, I saw Aaron Rodgers take off so many times against the Chiefs, it was crazy. 
Sewell reminds me of Steve Young. If I had to give him a comparison, it's Steve Young with a little bit of Russell Wilson to him. That's his game. That's his game. And you comparing him to a guy like A.J. McCarron, the most touchdowns A.J. McCarron threw was 30. 30 touchdowns, three interceptions. That was his junior year. Senior year, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Sophomore year, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. He is not A.J. McCarron. He's got 27 touchdowns right now. I don't even know how many games he's played in, but he's got 27 touchdowns right now. College football season isn't even over. So if you want to say that it's about the fact that he gets hurt and things like that, okay, cool. I can I can hear that. I can hear that. But we're talking about ankle injuries, people. We're not talking about knees. We're not talking about shoulders, throwing a shoulder. And we're talking about Alabama. This is a team that has a history we're going through it right now. Jonah Williams, Drake Patrick, A.J. McCarron. These are all guys that we picked. Andre Smith, the list goes on. These are all guys we picked that had injuries when they were drafted. This isn't new. That's not new. You still take him. You still take this guy. Unless he's got something with an elbow or he's got something with a throwing shoulder or something like that, okay, then you have some kind of cause for concern. But an ankle? Oh, we can do that. But if you want to make this team better, it starts as a quarterback position. And no, two isn't just a quarterback that you're taking just to take a quarterback. He is the best prospect in this draft class. Don't believe me? Look at every mock draft. Don't believe me? Look at every draft board. You don't trust what you're hearing on the Orange is the New Black podcast? Go look at ESPN. Go look at Pro Football Focus. Go look at CBS Sports. Go look at all of them. They all stay updated. They're not old. When you go there and you check it out, let me know who's number one. Tweet me. Now, one thing that I will will see and will and can see people saying is, why don't you take Joe Burrow? I have no problem with that. My issue with Joe Burrow, which me and Zim are going to talk about uh, later during this season, my issue with Joe Burrow is that how much experience does he have? That's what scares me. Uh, something that scared me about Haskins last year. You know, one year as – one really good year is cool, but I need to see consistency. And that's what's going to get you in trouble with Joe Burrow is you don't get that consistency. He was decent the year before, but he was special this year. I just had to see more of that. And I'm not comparing this guy to this other quarterback, but last time I seen the Bengals make a mistake like that, it was with Achilles Smith. Achilles Smith had one high year, people. He was trash in the league. And I'm not saying that Joe Burrow's Achilles Smith. I'm saying that that's the only reason that I will kind of pump my brakes on Joe Burrow a little bit, especially if it comes to taking him over two. And if two is going, then you take Joe Burrow, right? If you don't have a number one pick, you take Joe Burrow, you move on. But I say that to say this. If you get the number one quarterback, it would be the dumbest move in the world to take Chase Young. You know Why? Because he can't score points in the NFL. The NFL is about scoring points now, people. It's about scoring points. It's about who can score the most points. you got to be able to score at least 25 to 30 points a game in this league now. 10? 10 isn't going to cut it. I don't care if you had LT coming off of that edge. If you're scoring 10 points in the NFL today, you're not winning, people. 
You're not. And so, to me, when people say Chase Young, that means that you are looking forward and signing up for Andy Dalton to be your quarterback again next year because you know what? You want to wait into the second round and all of that? There could be four quarterbacks taken in, in the first round alone, maybe five. And that's not accounting for people that might trade up and take them. You got the Broncos. You got the you got the Dolphins. You got the Chargers who may be on the outs with Phillip Rivers after him and his quarterback just got into a spat and he's old, old man Rivers. They could draft his replacement. This isn't a this isn't a draft class that you pass on a quarterback. And people talk about best player available. How did that walk out for the Cleveland Browns? Year after year, the Browns, since the Brady Quinn years, have passed on quarterbacks. They have been trashed because of it. They went with the whole best player available and trading back to stack draft picks and all of that. It didn't work out for them. And people talking about best player available, we can't take the best player available. We got too many needs. You can't take best player available when you have zero linebackers in your linebacking court. You can't take best player available if you're giving up so many sacks that Andy Dalton can't even make his read. You you can't do that. You take one of these quarterbacks, quarterback is a need, people. This isn't new. How did best player available work out for us when we passed on guys like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes? These are guys we passed on. We passed on them because we didn't view quarterback as a need. Quarterback is a need. And if you had the right quarterback, like my man Zim said in his interview against Scott Sports, um, you win that game or you're in that game, that was a close game. You have a quarterback with the right attitude, you can win football games, and you can turn this thing around. You look at every mock draft synopsis and see what they say. If you want to turn the Bengals back around, immediately go get a quarterback. And before you try to sell me again on Chase Young, let me tell you this. Cleveland Browns, 2017, selected who? Miles Garrett, generational pass rusher, right? Who did they pass on? Carson Wentz. What kind of impact did Miles Garrett have on the Cleveland Browns his first year? They went 0-16, people. Wake up. You're not going 8-8, eight 7-8, eight, whatever, with, with Chase Young. Yeah, you can get A.J. Green back. Yeah, you can get some, some offensive linemen back and stuff like that. Andy Dalton's still your quarterback, though. Brian Finley is not going to do better. Well, I won't say he won't do better, but he's not going to give you much more than Andy Dalton's giving you now. That's not his game. He's not Tua. He's going to be a good, solid backup. He's going he's gonna to be even a guy that you could start in a pinch. He's not going to turn the ball over. But he's not going to give you the upside that Tua does. Defenses aren't going to fear them like they fear Tua. And if you bring somebody like Tua in, you know what happens? Ticket sales go back up. You don't have to worry about people filling the seats anymore. You're going to get a lot of national attention as well. And you're going to have a lot of players that even want to buy into what the Bengals are going into or want to be and play for guys like Tua. You saw it with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield went out there, went 7-8-1, and one, and everybody wanted to play for him. Everybody. Everybody wanted to be at Cleveland Brown. How is that? They were the laughing stock of the league for the past century. Everybody wanted to play for the Cleveland Browns. Guys just wanted to go there. 
that's what happens when you get a new quarterback, people. And yeah, you're going to have to pull off moves and stuff like that, but a new quarterback just represents a new beginning for me. And so I kind of wanted to touch on that. Um, let's also talk about the trade deadline. Nothing's happening, people. We know our team. You know, there's plenty of tweets out there saying don't expect anything. Bengals want to still evaluate their offense and their players and their team until after the bye week. You know why? Because after the bye week, A.J. Green comes back. You know what they're waiting to see? Is Andy Dalton still trash with A.J. Green? Because you know why? Because they're considering taking the quarterback. So that means that none of these guys are moving, fellas. Um, they are in talks with teams about Cordy Glenn. I kind of talked about that on my channel. Uh, me and Zim kind of talked about it last week. We thought that that was going to be the case. Cordy Glenn obviously had an impasse with the team. Perfect guy to get traded. Uh, Tyler Eifert, another guy that you probably should keep an eye on, but it seems that teams feel like the Bengals want too much for him. I don't think a third-round pick is too much for Tyler Eifert. I don't think it is. So he went out there. You know, they targeted him to show that he could still play. Um, keep an eye on him. I think if two guys are traded, like I said last week, I think it's Cordy Glenn. I think it's Tyler Eifert. Teams also called about Drake Kirkpatrick, apparently. I kind of told you guys about that, too. If there's a corner that people want to trade for, it's Drake Kirkpatrick, not just because of the player, but because of his contract. I would do it. I would move on from Dre. I would put the trigger on Dre in a heartbeat. That's a bad contract that they got into. Um, for me, I would do it. You still got a guy in Darko Zanar still left over. He could easily step in there. You got B.W. Webb, who seems somewhat dependable. Um, and then you could probably draft a guy or sign another guy free agency. I'm not I'm not mad if Dre walks away or gets traded from this team because he's not a part of the solution. Another guy that I think that they should take calls on, Billy Price. Uh, I mean, maybe at this point, depending on the cap hit, if you were to trade him, maybe you do keep him. But he's just playing horrible. He's horrible. And that goes back to the offensive line coach. You know, they didn't expect for Clint Bowling not to play this year. That hit them out of left field. They didn't have a backup plan there. Since Biden. them. Another thing, a lot of people say, hey, you got to fix the offensive line first and this and that. I understand that. But you still got Jonah Williams coming back. Left tackle. That's your left tackle. You can't take a right tackle in the top three, man. You can't do that. That's against draft law. Just wouldn't be smart. But, yeah, like I said, I bring it full circuit. You take you a Joe Burrow. You take you a Tua Tagovailoa. You do what you need to do at the position to get better as a team, and you hope that you end up getting a number one pick. So here's to the Miami Dolphins. We are all Dolphins tonight. As I reported this podcast, they are three minutes away from kickoff. Say it with me. We are all Dolphins tonight. And in order for us to get over this, especially going into a bye week with the return of A.J. Green, we have to look towards the future, people. So let me know who you guys think that the Bengals should take with the number one draft pick. I've been your host. This is Ace Boogie. This is Orange is the New Black, man, and I'm riding solo tonight, waiting for them to get back to let us know how that experience was. It seemed pretty dope. 
glad my man got a, got to meet some of the players, met up with Tyler Boyd, all kind of stuff. Did some interviews. It was just dope, man. It seemed like it was a dope environment over there. I think he ran into Captain Obvious. That was dope. Um, the Cincinnati folks and stuff like that. Shout out to the UK, man. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, and we're going to end this how we always do with a hoot at.